Hello and welcome back to another episode of Blush. I'm your host, Hiva. If it's your first time here, this is the show where we talk about, I don't know, self-improvement for lack of a better term, but in a more real, grounded, relatable kind of way. It's largely just learning from my mistakes, I would say, and things that I just go down rabbit holes of research on and can regurgitate for you guys. If it's not your first time, then welcome back. You already know this, bitch. So um, I want to talk a bit about 4th of July. I, okay, I I know it was last week and, you know, I could have addressed it last week, but we were talking about abortion last week, so I really didn't get a chance. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode, please go check it out. I think it's so important right now in the time that we're in. And um, if you have listened to it, please share it with people. I got so many DMs about this episode in particular, and I got one that really stood out to me. It was someone who said their entire family is really conservative and um They sent this episode to their family and their mom was like, holy shit, I think I finally understand it. So it's a really good episode. Seriously, like, please share it, listen to it, yada, yada. I also share um, some personal things that might resonate or, you know, make you feel some kind of way. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) moving right along, 4th of July. So yeah, didn't really get a chance to bring it up in that episode. But um, this isn't like a happy 4th of July. That's not where this is going. Obviously, 4th of July was weird this year, right? I mean, there was another shooting, what, the day before, I think, which is what, like the one millionth of 2022. Um, On top of that, the Dobbs decision had just come down. There were a slew of other decisions that people are not too pleased about, like environmental stuff, um, stuff with separating uh, religion from public schools, you name it, a whole lot of decisions that a lot of people are really unhappy about. So I saw a lot of memes that were like, you know, America doesn't deserve a birthday party this year, which is cute and funny. And I don't necessarily disagree But I think there's a bigger thing with 4th of July going on that isn't limited to this year and all of the things that are happening right now. It's this bigger understanding of what exactly has happened in this country historically. The fact that we, I mean, whatever, uh, people, white people came to this country, stole it from the indigenous people, and then you know, celebrate that, you know, and we do the same with Thanksgiving also, which is pretty unsavory. And I think we should talk about that at a separate point, probably in November. Um, But, you know, this is the first year where I've kind of seen this addressed a little bit on social media. You know, things like, are we really celebrating the colonization of indigenous people, things like that. And it got me thinking about Australia. So in Australia, they used to have Australia Day. They don't have an Independence Day because, fun fact, Australians are not independent from England. They're actually, I mean, like, you know, they rule themselves largely, yada, yada, but they are, they never really had like a whole independence thing from Great Britain. They are still tied and, um, I I forgot exactly what it looks like, but basically 
I think if Great Britain goes to war, Australia has to join. And also if the queen visits, Australia has to pay for it. Now, I don't think they actually pay taxes to Great Britain, which is interesting to me because the whole reason we had the American independence was because of taxes. And so my guess is that England um, learned from its mistake and to not repeat that with Australia. So yeah, Australia is actually not independent from um, the UK, but they do, or they did have an Australia day, which kind of like celebrated the day that they quote unquote discovered Australia. And they no longer do it because they were like, well, we didn't really like this, like other people discovered it 40,000 years ago. And just because white people came to it just now doesn't mean that it's just been discovered. And so they really don't do it. And I don't know exactly what they do in its place, but it's certainly not what it used to be. And I would say that Australia is very ahead of us in terms of recognizing, I mean, they're very aware of what they did to their indigenous people. And it's like very much part of the cultural conversation there. And I think that we as Americans are quite behind in that area and have a lot of catching up to do. And so I just, I wonder what the future of this holiday will look like, like if we're going to keep celebrating it or if it's going to completely change the way that we do it. I don't know. I'm just kind of curious about it. And I will say that there's a personal component to it um, that is completely selfish. And that's that I have a lot of trauma surrounding the 4th of July. Um, It is a holiday that I feel like for me has always emphasized that I'm kind of a loser, like if I'm just going to be fully, fully vulnerable. And it didn't even really, I mean, I don't know, maybe I moved to the U.S. when I was 11. So I don't know. I don't remember it being a huge thing in my mind for those first few years. I don't know. We'd go see fireworks with my family. It was fine. It was whatever. Like there were sometimes like mehmunis, which is like the Farsi word for it's the Farsi word for party, I guess, but it's often like family parties where, you know, like your parents and your parents' friends and their kids and everyone gets together. So like maybe we do mehmunis. Um, by the time I was in high school, I would usually go to my friend Varda's place. She would always have people over because her parents were like really chill about us drinking. Um, and they were also like really strict. So like they weren't like they were strict about her going places, but they were not strict about like people hanging out there. So we just would do a lot of stuff there because that way she could be included. And like they were just like really lovely to guests. So it was just kind of a win, win, win. So, yeah, I think I did a lot of Fourth of July's there in high school. So, yeah, I don't think this trauma started until I was in college. And specifically the summer after my first year of college, I was kind of seeing a guy, but we weren't exclusive yet. Um, The same guy who I talked about last episode, coincidentally, who I said it was like a very, very abusive relationship. Um, And I remember that 4th of July, I was down at college because I was taking a summer class. And um, one of my best friends was with me and we did something. It was fun. It was whatever. Like, you know, I have no issues with that 4th of July, although I do vividly remember that I was wearing like a black dress, I want to (laughs) say. 
And I'm pretty sure people were like, yeah, that's not appropriate. <laughs> but that's just me. Moving right along. That has nothing to do with this. I remember him calling me and he like didn't go out or socialize that often. And he was like super drunk and he's like, yeah, like I've been at this party all day and like we've been playing like flip cup and like beer pong and this and that or whatever. And I don't know why this like thing went off in my mind where I was like, 4th of July is like the holiday. Like I need to have really fun plans every year. Like I, I don't know, like I really can't explain what it is, but I know that since that moment, I've had this bizarre complex about the 4th of July. Like my plans need to be cool enough. And I remember that year I was kind of jealous of him and the party that he was at, etc. in part because, you know, I was down in Colonial Williamsburg, which I hated. And even though I had so much fun with my friend, like it was so different than like being in a city and doing like cool city things. You know, again, this is like my child brain. But yeah, ever since then, I've had this thing. And then for so many years, I had like really shitty or no 4th of July plans. And that really like emphasized the complex. So the following year... I literally don't remember what I did. Literally don't remember. So, okay, that doesn't count. The year after that, I had a really fun one. And then I moved to D.C. my first year out of college. Wow, how fun is this for you guys? I'm just going to go through all of my 4th of Julys for really no apparent reason. But yeah, my first year out of college... Um, like we went down to the mall in Washington, D.C. to watch the fireworks with like a new friend I'd made and a couple of her friends. It wasn't like what I like the cool, fun thing that I thought would be like the thing to do. Right. So I was pretty bummed with that. Um, I also like ended up getting really heat sick. And this was before Uber and I like really couldn't get a cab. And it was just uh, it was like kind of traumatic. But that's neither here nor there. The following year, I had a really fun 4th of July. Um, we had a bunch of people over at my apartment. There was a rooftop. We watched the fireworks from there. We grilled. We had really good food. We, you know, I'm sure like smoked tons of pot, you know, possibly did other psychedelics, whatever. It was really fun. Um, <laughs> the year after that I was in a super codependent relationship and we like never socialized and um we like did very close to nothing I think like we went out for like a beer or something with one of our friends but like didn't watch the fireworks like it was so 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 lame and I think that's that's the year that really started my like really blah, really like sad 4th of July's. The year after that, I believe I was, I like just sold the condo I was living in and I hadn't bought my next one. So I was staying with my parents, I believe, unless I'm like thinking of the wrong 4th of July. But no, 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 that tracks that. Yeah, I, I believe that was it. And, um, and I think maybe a friend of mine came and picked me up from my parents' house and we like went out to dinner and she dropped me off again at home. <laughs> like, I think that's what we did. Um, the year after that, uh, I was like in a really, really dark place and um, 
like I was like in a massive binge eating cycle after, you know, had having, uh, you know, like I'd like go through these cycles of like super, super restriction and then super, super binging. So I was in a binging cycle again. And um, actually, I think the same friend from the previous year, she is an alcoholic and she had relapsed and she was open about the fact that she had relapsed and she was like entering treatment a couple weeks later. So her and I went to a bar like during the day and she was like, I'm going to drink. And I was like, cool, I'm going to drink too. (laughs) And I've always felt really fucking guilty about that. But I mean, like in my head, I was like, well, she's, she's open about the fact that she's relapsed and she was going to go to treatment, which she did. And she did quit again. I'm like super, super proud of her. So like, Either she was going to drink alone or she was going to drink with me. That's how I justified it, but it always felt shitty. And I don't think that's the right approach. I don't know. Um, Again, home before fireworks, like did nothing for fireworks. The year after that, (laughs) God, is this getting so boring? Um, The year after that, it was my first law school summer. Um, I don't know. It just felt like all of my law school friends were like at various things that I like I wasn't invited to or something and then we all met up out at like the club later but like after fireworks and stuff and again it just it made me feel so lame okay now I'm gonna stop going through them the year after that the year after that the year after that but you get the picture it's just like it's somehow ugh, you know what I'm gonna go back to it 2020 I was seeing this guy who like had a ton of friends and I like Uh, like I figured we're going to do this. Like, like I was like finally starting to feel a sense of community and like whatever. And I figured we're going to do something super fun. And we ended things like, like the day before the 4th of July. And I ended up just doing like kind of woo woo stuff with one of my friends. Um, like it's just every year I feel like it's this like reminder, like you're a loser. Like this is a day where you're supposed to be having so much fun and doing all these cool things. And instead, like you're a loser with no friends. So yeah, I have a lot of personal trauma around 4th of July. And honestly, uh, it really just highlights the importance of community. Like I don't think that we're meant to live the way that we live. Like I think that we have evolved to live in tribes, to live like in community where there is division of labor and everyone's helping each other and people are just together. And when you look at older cultures, it's really like that. Like I remember the first time I went to Iran. Well, no, I don't remember the first time I went to Iran because I was like one, but I do remember going to Iran as a kid and it just being so different. Like people were just always gathered around each other. Um, My mom loves to tell this story about the first time that she took me to Iran when I was one. And there was just this like mehmuni, again, throwback, you know, the family party gathering. And apparently I like lost my mind because I had not seen that many people in a room together like ever. And I was running around screaming. I, she said I was like picking up plates and throwing them at people like one years old. Like I honestly, I think we should celebrate my strength and dexterity at that age, (laughs) but like straight up lost my mind. And people were like, hey, um, you might want to socialize your child more and she was like with who 
we know no one in Germany. We don't have the type of community in Germany that we have in Iran. But I, that's just how people are meant to live. Like people are meant to be in community and community is so important. And I think it's so much harder when you're an adult because in school, you just have this like natural way to meet friends built in. And I've been through this so many times. Like I remember after college moving to D.C., and starting work. And I mean, I had some friends in the district. I'm, I'm from Northern Virginia. So like, I would have thought it would be different. But when I moved to DC, like, it's just like, I wasn't going out to the suburbs. And like a lot of people that I knew were in the suburbs. And we were just living very different lives at that point. So that was kind of out the window. And I just assumed I'd make a ton of friends through work. But I didn't really because, well, I mean, I ended up but like it, I did end up making friends with my coworkers, but I didn't initially because like it was different than what I thought it would be. Like when I was interning, I interned at a very libertarian place and the people that I worked with were socially very different than the place that I worked my first job out of college was actually kind of a conservative think tank. Now I worked for people who were more libertarian and that's why I went to work there. But nevertheless, the people that I worked with were kind of like evangelical Christian. And it was really like a very traumatizing time for me. And I often wonder how differently my life would have turned out if not for that, because that's really when my eating disorder started to get really bad. And a lot of other problems started to unfold. And I think it's because I was so unhappy in my work life. And I like just didn't feel like I could like relate to anyone at all. And on top of that, these are like really conservative people who like kind of don't like Middle Eastern people. You know what I mean? And they ended up liking me, but that's because I was kind of like a self-hating Middle Eastern person. Like I was just trying so hard to assimilate and like whitewash myself as much as I could to fit in. And so, you know, those people tend to like people like that. Um, but like if I had ever talked about the real experience of being a minority in this country, they would have never liked that or they would have never liked me. So I had to squash all of those feelings and be like, no, I'm the same. I'm the same. I'm the same. <sighs> so, yeah, I don't really know how we got on this bizarre tangent community. Yeah. So I remember then I did end up making a whole group of friends, but then there were a lot of issues and a lot of people move away, yada, yada. So then I had to like start all over um, and then I made like other friends and then I started law school and that was like a really easy way to make a bunch of friends. And then I moved to New York and I had to start all over again. And then I did make friends and then literally all of my friends moved out of the city um, during quarantine, like various stages of quarantine. But like, yeah, by the time like we kind of started to come out of lockdown, I again had no friends. <laughs> and so then I was like, you know, 
getting ready to start the podcast and going on a lot of dates. And I think in my mind, I was like, well, I'll make friends. What like when I have a boyfriend, I'll like make friends through him. And I've made some new friends since then. But, you know, community is honestly so important. And I I understand I've been rambling for a long time about this, but I really want to do a whole episode on making friends as an adult because it's so different when you don't have that built in structure of school. And especially nowadays when so many people are working from home, et cetera, like you also don't have that support system. Or if like me, you're working in an environment where those people just aren't your people. So yeah, I'm going to do a whole episode on that later, but I just wanted to touch on it. And also it reminds me, I really would love to do some kind of meetup in the city. I don't know exactly what it would look like, but you know, all this talk about community, I think there's a decent number of podcast listeners in New York City. So if you're listening and you're in New York City and you would like to do some kind of meetup, will you please, please, please DM me so we can, I don't know, try to figure something out. But yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my really long-winded rant on the 4th of July. This 4th of July, I actually did nothing and I didn't feel like a loser, but it's because I had a built-in excuse. Um, a, just the state of the world, but B, um, obviously everything that's going on with my dog, Samantha, and C, um, Ozzy, my boyfriend, was sick. He just had a cold, not COVID or anything, but you know, I kind of had that built-in excuse so yeah, I did nothing. Um, also on that note, um, Samantha, my dog is done with her four weeks of confinement or what was it called? Strict rest, strict rest. But now she has to like very slowly and gradually ease into normal life again. Now we did take the fence thing off because she was literally breaking out. Like the last week of it was absolute hell. Um, you know, we had tried our best to never leave her alone, but there were a few times where it was necessary. And that last week, Ozzy was out of town for a work trip. So, you know, there were a couple of times I had doctor's appointments and she had to be home alone and she just, she would break out and I don't know how she would do it. I would like reinforce the border every time. I mean, this is like, like Harry Houdini. This is like, like David Blaine. Like I can't explain it. Like I'm living with some kind of like secret magician genius who just knows how to escape. But yeah, she was doing it. So she's out of the fenced in area now. Um, we do have the couch blocked off so that she can't jump on and my bedroom door sh- um, shut all the time so she can't jump on my bed. Um, we've been sleeping in the guest room, which has the mattress on the floor. So that way she can just like climb on easily. And um, yeah, so that's kind of the update with that. I'm not going to lie. My anxiety still goes crazy because like no doctor has like monitored her and been like, yeah, okay, she's good to go, which goes back to my earlier rant about like, what is the deal with vets these days? Like, are they just overcrowded? Like, what's the situation? It just feels impossible. Oh, and her UTI, I think is cleared up. I'm supposed to catch a urine sample and take it to the vet. The only problem is um, I haven't been able to do so because 
it's really fucking hard. Like they gave me a cup and a glove and every time she squats down to pee, I try to like shove the cup underneath her vulva. The problem is like, A, she's really close to the ground. So I essentially have to like kind of like lift her labia up to like put the cup underneath and she like freaks out and stops peeing. So I've only been able to catch like a couple of drops. It's not it's not working. I need to go back and get another cup. And it's getting embarrassing because I keep going to the vet and I'm like, I need another cup. And they're like, why are you so bad at this? I'm like, you know what? Do you want to come and try to do a better job? Because it gets really fucking hard. And the reason they're not doing it is because of the whole situation with her spine, yada, yada. It's just not like she can't like walk to the vet. So we'd have to take a cab. But then the way that they do it is they flip her over onto her back and they don't want to do that right now. So yeah, it's it's a it's a nightmare. Um oh the other thing I just want to touch on is um with Ozzy being sick. He ended up healing really, really quickly. And um I just wanted to share some of the things that I did for him that I think helped and that I think have helped me not get as cold. Um and he's like he's been good for almost a week now like his cold has been completely gone for almost a week now so I feel like if I were to get it I would have gotten it already right I don't exactly know how the incubation period works yada yada but so yeah I don't know we'll see um number one garlic is really really good um making a veggie broth now the way I do this is I'll use kind of whatever vegetables I have around. But what I really like that I think is really good is A, kelp. That's a type of seaweed or kombu. Um, I like to use Pacific, but I think Atlantic is actually healthier. Um, Onions, just like cut up. Garlic, like tons and tons of garlic. Whatever herbs you have around. Carrots, again, chopped up. I have dried shiitake mushrooms in the house, but if you don't have them, it's fine. Um, If you have mushrooms, though, they are really good for immune boosting. Uh, What else do I add? Ginger. Um, I add these like Persian dried plums that I think add a lot to the whole equation, but obviously if you don't have those, you can admit and celery. I think that's what I do. And I just like, let it come to a boil and simmer for a while, strain out the veggies, drink the broth. It's excellent. Um, another thing that works really, really well is warm water with lemon and honey. I know that's not like the most vegan thing. I will say I buy my honey from the farmer's market and I do talk to the beekeepers and, you know, ask them about their practices. The real inhumane thing that happens is some beekeepers won't leave their bees honey for the winter. And, um, that is like the really inhumane practice that leads to a lot of population loss. Um, so yeah, you just, you want to chat with them, see what their population loss is like, you know, how they treat their bees, yada, yada. But yeah, that warm water, lemon and honey is absolute magic. Like there is something about bee products that is like quite literally magic. I can't explain it, but it is the best thing I've ever experienced. Also bee products on your skin pro tip excellent. Like just doing a honey mask or even better than that, 
is a royal jelly mask. Royal jelly is what the queen bee eats. So like not the plebeian bees, but like the elite, the royal, quite literally. Um, so yeah, if you get some of that from your local farmer's market, get a very small amount because it can't last forever and you only need a teensy, teensy, like one drop essentially. I'll put it on my skin at night, leave it on overnight, and then wash it off in the morning. And it's a uh, there's really nothing like it. I actually haven't done it in a minute. I should start again. Okay, so that um, elderberry is excellent for immunity along with that zinc. Um, and then I'd really recommend making a big batch of salt water and doing like salt water gargles if you have a sore throat and like rinsing your um, nose with it. Or if you're just congested, there's this product. If you DM me, I'll send you the link. Um, it's this sinus wash that's just salt water with oregano and maybe a couple of other herbs. I think it's so, so, so good. I always have some in the house. So yeah, that's just my cold prevention toolkit and then rest as much as possible or, you know, cold, um, mitigation. No, that's not the right word. Like healing. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Moving right along. Um, (laughs) So if you've been listening, you know that I quit vaping and my vaping, I mean vaping nicotine a few weeks ago, and I've shockingly been doing really, really well. Like I've had no irritability at all. And I don't know if it's because, um, you know, before I quit, I did some research and I was like, what like herbs or supplements could I take to help with the irritability? And I did find some stuff that I did take. One of them is um, rhodiola rosea. It's good for anxiety. L-theanine is an amino acid that's really good for anxiety. Um, N-acetyl-L-tyrosine is um, a stress-reducing amino acid. Um, And then I think like B vitamins in general tend to be really good, especially like B6. Um, So yeah, I don't know if it's because I took stuff like that, but I really don't think I was like any more irritable than just my general baseline of bitchiness. So that's pretty awesome. I'm really proud of that. Um, My bowels are also getting back to normal. And what I think really, really helped with that is the probiotic that I take is so fucking good. It's called Seed. Um, I, this, like, this isn't like a thought out ad for it. I really need to record an ad for it though, because I do have a discount code, but it's, it's like, I've been using it for years. Like I got a discount code for you guys because I actually love it and I want you to use it. It is the best probiotic. It has a patented technology that ensures that the probiotic actually makes it into your gut safely. What a lot of people don't realize, and I used to not know, is that most probiotics die before they they actually reach your gut. And I've like taken those refrigerated probiotics. I've taken ones with like, you know, thousands of like um, CFUs. Like I've taken all these kinds of things, but think about it. If a probiotic lives in the fridge, like you're saying that if it's not refrigerated, it dies, then how the fuck would it survive inside your body, which is way, way, way hotter than room temperature? 
Now, the seed probiotic has a double capsule technology where the actual probiotic is inside of a second capsule that can't open until it reaches your gut, and that protects it. It also has prebiotics in there. Prebiotics are what probiotics eat so that once the probiotic reaches your gut, it's fed and it can colonize there and actually increase the the bacteria that's in the good bacteria that's inside your gut. It's honestly it's the best probiotic out there. Um if you want to order it the code is blush15 b l u s h good god 15 for 15% off. Again, I'm like not just saying this. I've been taking it for years. It is the best and I really think being really consistent with the probiotic after I quit helped my bowels get back on track quite quickly. But yeah, overall, uh, I feel like my energy levels and my mood are a lot more stable since I quit vaping. And I think that's because anytime, anytime you put a substance in your body that makes it go a certain way, there's going to be a rebound effect. I will never forget, I was once at a music festival, and this was when I was in college, and I had eaten some molly, and this very astute young man, white guy with dreadlocks, rest God rest his soul, because he passed away about a year after this, he said to me, what goes up must go down, and he's right. So anytime you take some kind of stimulant, then you're like, yes, you get the stimulating effect, but then you also crash and you're going to crash lower than your baseline. And the same is true for sedatives. So I don't know if you're taking some kind of substance, whether it's like something more serious, which if you are like, please, please, please seek help because this is no substitute for real help for that. But even if it's just something minor and you're kind of like starting to get that itch, that nudge of like, I don't think this is in my highest good. Let this serve as a sign for you to stop, to quit, because I do think you'll feel better. (sighs) Okay, moving right along. Um, I have some recommendations of the week. Um, Number one, a show on Amazon Prime. It's called The Summer I became pretty, turned pretty. I don't know exactly what, but you'll figure it out. It's a really sweet coming of age type show that I don't know, I think is like so relatable. Um, Like it's kind of cheesy, but sweet. I actually haven't finished it yet because I started it while Ozzy was away. And then I stopped watching it um, when he came back to town because it's not really like for him. It's not really his thing. Um, Another thing, this is like not a new thing at all. But if you're not familiar, Netflix has a series called Explained, and they're like 30 to 40 minute episodes that are kind of like a mini documentary on various topics. They're incredibly well done. Um, One that I would really, really recommend is the plastic surgery one. I think it's a must watch. A couple of others that are really good, I think, are sugar and skin. Also, I think there's one on intermittent fasting that's really good. Um... On Hulu, there's a show called Only Murders in the Building. Season two just started. It's um, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez made it together and are starring in it. And it's so good. It's like 
funny and just like really good views of New York, especially the Upper West Side. It's 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 really good. Um, well cast, well acted, great humor. It's kind of like the perfect show. Um, I recently binged the Gossip Girl reboot, so I'm sure you're familiar with the original Gossip Girl. There was a reboot on HBO Max last year, and I never got into it. And then, like, I recently just binged the whole thing. And the first few episodes, I was a little bit unsure about it, but then I started to just, like, become obsessed with it, and I can't wait for season two to come out. Um, I think it's really like there are so many winks and nods to the original Gossip Girl while also it being perfectly modernized for 2022. Like there's diversity in it, both racial diversity and like sexual orientation diversity. It's really good. Okay, my last recommendation for the week is a Hulu show called The Bear. It's in a restaurant setting. If you watched Shameless, Lip from Shameless is in it. And if you watched Girls, the guy that Marnie was married to for a bit is in it. It's an incredibly well done show. There's one episode where the entire episode was shot in one take. It's just It's really, really good. Highly recommend. And that's, you know, a show that I think is kind of universally appealing. Okay, I had a whole topic prepared for today. Um, It was how to be the bigger person. And um, it really stemmed from a lot of personal things that have happened to me this past week. But honestly, I am so nauseous. I don't think I can go into it. I took some Shilajit right before recording. Shilajita's, hold on, let me look it up so I don't butcher this. Um, It is a sticky substance found primarily in the rocks of the Himalayas. Okay, that doesn't explain exactly what it is. Hold on. It's an Ayurvedic medicine. Um, It develops over centuries from the slow decomposition of plants. Um, It's like it's fulvic acid, I want to say. Hold on. This website is not answering this well. Um, It is an Ayurvedic medicine. It's a blackish brown, like sticky thing. Um, Hold on. Why can't? It has a lot of minerals in it. It's, oh, okay. It's a high concentration of fulvic and humic acids. Um, Let me just read some of the benefits. It's like good for Alzheimer's prevention. It's good for sex hormones. It's good for chronic fatigue syndrome. It's like anti-aging. It's actually has a good amount of iron. That's good to know. Um... Uh, It's good for infertility, for heart health, for gut health, for all these things. Um, I took some right before I started recording and the taste of it is just lingering. Oh, it's good for like brain function, antiviral, uh, liver cancer, heart health, obesity. Okay. Anyway. I took some right before I started recording and the taste of it has been stuck in my mouth and I'm just getting more and more and more nauseous as I keep talking and not taking a break. So I think what I'm going to do is just wrap up for today. 
Yeah. You know what? I'll add one more thing that I wanted to touch on. And then next week we'll do the full deep dive into how to be a bigger person in various situations that are all based on literal things that have happened to me this past week. The one thing I wanted to touch on real quick is sex. And something made me think of this this past week and I jotted it down. There's a lot of conversations in dating about like when to have sex, like what date number or like how long or like should you wait until they say I love you or, you know, should you wait till date number three or this or that? And I know we've talked about it on the podcast before, but I guess like I had this light bulb moment where I think all of these conversations are focused on other people, right? It's either like other people's perception of you. Like I know one thing that used to rule me is like wanting people to not think that I'm like quote unquote slutty or loose or like I just wanted to like come off as like very like prim and proper and like nice girl. Um, Or it's focused on the person that you're sleeping with's feelings. Like, are they going to lose interest in you if you have sex with them after, you know, like the first date, the second date, et cetera. That's another thing that used to rule me. Like, I used to genuinely believe this, that men only want sex. And the only way to get them in a relationship with you is to hold off on sex for so long that they fall in love with you. And then you can have sex with them because then it's safe. And I like I know other people who hold this belief, even if they're not willing to like put it in so many words. But like that belief is out there. And here is what I'd like to raise instead. I would worry a lot less about other people, whether it's, you know, the general societal thing or what the other person is feeling. And I would worry a lot more about yourself. So A, do you want to have sex? (laughs) You know, that's like the number one thing. Cause like, especially as women who date men, we're so programmed to think of sex as a thing that's for male pleasure and we either withhold it or give it in various manipulative ways to create some kind of outcome, right? And I'd like to reprogram that instead and reframe it as like, do you even want to have sex, number one? Like, are you actually horny? Like, are you literally like wet or hard or whatever it is that your particular genitalia does in response to sexual arousal? So that should be number one. Number two, do you feel comfortable being intimate with this person right now? If you do, then great. And number three, and let's say like these two things check, then think of the bigger picture. If you do want to have a relationship with this person potentially, or like in general, you are looking for a relationship, what, like, I don't think what should hold you back is like, oh, they might lose interest or this or that. I think what should give you a moment of pause is having sex could cloud your own judgment. Because like, A, if you have sex kind of quickly and the sex like isn't that good because like you don't know each other and each other's bodies that well yet, then it could like 
leave you being like, eh, about the whole relationship when that might not be the right thing. And B, let's say you have sex and it's really, really good. That could completely cloud your judgment and make you overlook other red flags, yada, yada. So I'd like to reframe the like when to have sex discussion as less of like, you know, what will the other person think? What will other people think? Yada, yada. But like, will it cloud my own judgment? Do I even want to have sex? Am I ready to have sex? Am I ready to, you know, show my asshole to someone, as I mentioned on a previous episode? Think about these things. Like, am I ready to, you know, express what I like and want and need sexually? Etc. So yeah, reframe it as like more about you and less about other people. <sighs> okay, I think that's all. Oh, oh, the last thing on sex. Um, if you listen to the two episodes on the Cosmo sex tips, it was um a compilation of the best and worst advice you'll ever get, and a continuation of the best and worst advice you'll ever get. I mentioned that if you DM me to try any of the sex tips, I will try them and report back. So far, I've gotten requests for socks. I've gotten a specific request to do compression socks, which I will have to buy. So thank you to the person who recommended that. Um, The spoon thing and the coconut thing. Um, I haven't tried them yet because, you know, I've been busy and Ozzy's been sick, yada, yada, but I will get on it and report back hopefully next week. So if you have anything else that you'd like to add for me to try, <laughs> um, DM me and yeah, I'll do it. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, go listen to them. There are a bunch of Cosmos sex tips that I go through and uh, largely just laugh at. So yeah, if any of those you want me to try out, I will not try the ones that are, you know, like non-consensual, et cetera. But everything else I'm willing to try if you just tell me to. So yeah, um, go listen to those and DM me if you have any suggestions. DM me if you're a listener in the New York City general area. And, you know, just DM me if you have any thoughts or comments, et cetera, on this concept. Um, Also, DM me if you're interested in any of the many supplements and things that I mentioned. Next week, I will get into the content that was intended for today. I just, like, really am holding back vomit right this second. So not going to do it right now. Um, but it's really good. So make sure you tune into that. And, you know, if you just enjoyed this kind of stream of consciousness, rambly, what is it? It's like really a bunch of like health and wellness and entertainment tips. So yeah, if you enjoyed this, please share it with someone. Um, thank you again for listening. It means so much to me. I love doing this and I love that there are people who listen and I just love the community that we're building here together at Blush. So you know, rate, review, subscribe, you know the drill. Um, I know it's annoying, but if you do leave a review on iTunes, it really, really helps the show and it helps us build a bigger community together. Okay. Love you guys. Talk to you next week. <laughs>